Good evening, brothers and sisters. Good evening. I am Mark Hedegar. I'm blessed, honored, and humbled to be the pastor here at the Salisbury Community Church. I'm more blessed, honored, and humbled to have you. Oh! Where's Colleen? Where's Colleen to hear that for my pay raise? I'll still pay you. That's okay. Thank you. Thank you for that. So, I want to start out by saying this is going to be a little bit different than what you're used to unless you were here last year. So as Mark said, this is a somber night. This is really a night of you hearing what Ash Wednesday is all about, you hearing about uh, why we do this over a 40-day period, and there's homework involved. So tonight you're going to hear what the expectations are of a Christian, of a follower of Christ. So it's not a message where, you know, we go through and, and kind of at the end uplifting and, and all, um, you know, fired up. The Holy Spirit will be here, but it's going to be more of a, hopefully, a look inside ourselves night. You follow me? So the Johnny Cash shirt I'm wearing tonight, the, the red for Christ's blood, right? This is a night that we, that we start uh, leaning into Resurrection Sunday and what Christ did his sacrifice for us. <clears throat> we begin with a memory verse, Acts 2.38. And Peter said to them, Repent and be baptized, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ, for the forgiveness of your sins, and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. Let us pray. Lord, we're tired of doing things our own way. The benefits are temporary. And the effects are long-lasting. So, Lord, we come running back to you. Lord, we've gone astray. We're guilty of living contrary to your word, your will, and your way. But, Lord, we come running back to you. Lord, you're coming back soon. You're coming back very soon. We want to be ready when you return. Lord, we fear you, but this fear doesn't make us run away from you. It keeps us running back to you. We cry out to you. We ask for your forgiveness. We recall the price you paid for us on Calvary. At this time, Lord, we choose to fast and to pray. We seek to separate ourselves from our fleshly desires in order to concentrate wholly on you. Hold us fast, Lord, as we come running back to you. We meet you here in a special place of gathering. We rejoice in knowing that you're able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask, think, or even imagine according to the power which is at work within us. With our sacrifices of praise and worship, we come running back to you. Father God, we glorify you tonight. We thank you for not giving up on us. We thank you for not throwing us away or casting us aside. We thank you for not dealing with us as we so deserve. We thank you for love that covers a multitude of sins. With wide, wide open arms, you've received us. So we come running back to you. Amen. If you would please stand and uh, join me in the call to worship, and I'll, I'll try not to uh, mess this up. Peaches was working with me earlier, so. 
Turn away from the cause of worldly success. Turn away from the desire to have what everyone else has. Turn away from greed and the race for power. As we enter Lent, may we turn back to God and seek forgiveness, healing, and wholeness. Amen. If you would please join me in singing Gloria Patri, found on page 70. seated. So I'm going to read tonight's lady scripture um, in the fashion that Pastor Len, you've heard me speak of him quite often, my hero and my mentor, he introduced this years ago, and I don't, I don't know if he did it here in this church, but uh, he, he does this or did this quite often. So it's Psalm 51, 1 through 17. But if you, if you open your Bibles, as a matter of fact, if you would, open your Bibles to Psalm 51. Uh, you've heard me say it before, this is absolutely one of my favorite Psalms. But you're going to hear it different tonight. That's kind of why I want you, you should follow along anyway, but I want you to look at it because what Pastor Lynn told me was to use this kind of corporately tonight. So instead of I, I'm going to change it to we. And I'm going to change it to us. Because we're all in this together, amen? amen? And we're all asking the same prayer that, that King David uh, asked here. So let's read. Have mercy on us, O God, according to your steadfast love, according to your abundant mercy, blot out our transgressions. Wash us thoroughly from our iniquity and cleanse us from our sin. For we know our transgressions and our sins are ever before us. Against you, you alone have we sinned and done what is evil in your sight, so that you're justified in your sentence and blameless when you pass judgment. Indeed, we were born guilty, sinners when our mothers conceived us. You desire truth in the inward being, therefore teach us, Wisdom in our hearts. Purge us with hyssop and we shall be clean. Wash us and we shall be whiter than snow. Let us hear joy and gladness. Let the bones that you've crushed rejoice. Hide your face from our sins and blot out all our iniquities. Create in us a clean heart, O God, and put a new and right spirit within us. Do not cast us away from your presence and do not take your Holy Spirit from us. Restore to us the joy of your salvation and sustain us in a willing spirit. Then we will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will return to you. Deliver us from bloodshed, O God, 
O God of our salvation, and our tongues will sing aloud of your deliverance. O Lord, open our lips and our mouths will declare your praise. For you have no delight in sacrifice. If we were to give a burnt offering, you would not be pleased. The sacrifice acceptable to God is a broken spirit. A broken and contrite heart, O God, you will not despise. This is the hearing of the word.
said earlier, this is going to be a little bit different, unless you were here the last four years. It's going to be more instructive tonight. It's going to be more informative tonight. Uh, definitely different if you wanted to compare it to a Sunday worship service. There were some great questions. I got some texts this week, and there were some great questions, people that don't understand what Lent's about. Um, and I think that's wonderful that we're brave enough to ask. You know, say, I don't know or, or I don't understand why do we do this? What is Lent? Why do we do a 40-day a uh, period? So I thank you for the questions. I thank you for trusting me. I put your names on the board downstairs under they don't know anything. <laughs> but when, when, when I'm done tonight, I hope honestly that you have a better understanding. And if you don't, uh, call me. Come see me, text me, uh, whatever it may take. So we begin. Today is Ash Wednesday. So it is the beginning of Lent, which is at 40 days, not counting Sundays, before Resurrection Sunday. The regular world calls it Easter. We call it Resurrection Sunday. So Lent is a heavy time. Lent is a serious time. It's a time of reflection. It's a time of self-analysis. And we consider what we believe and, and what we stand for 
as Christians. It's a period of reflecting, repenting, and renewing our minds and our commitment to Jesus Christ. We're called to spend this season to prepare our hearts for the resurrection of Christ by possibly, if need be, and I'm sure we all do, by making changes in our lives that will bring us closer to God. It's a chance to confess and remove things in our lives that, are, that distract us. You know, we get really busy. You know, we get to focus on family and, and jobs, and, and that's important, obviously. But it needs to begin with Christ. So we just need to shift our priorities, and Lent is a time to help us do that. We're to focus on Jesus. We're to embrace him with a, a new heart, our, our whole heart. Not, hey, Christ, I'll give you 20% because I really get, I need to give 80 away. We start with 100%. We start with a renewed heart towards Christ. And many of you today can raise your hand and give a testimony of the difference that's made in your lives. As maybe you, you give a few things up. Or do a few things less often and focus on Jesus. Lent's also a time to recognize our mortality. You know, we don't like to talk about death. I'm going to do a whole sermon on that one Sunday because he keeps giving me bits and pieces. I think that we, we teach our children wrong. You know, we grow up being afraid of death. You know, Aunt Phyllis died. Well... You know, the kids are only six. I don't think they should see Aunt Phyllis this way. I hope nobody's named Phyllis. I'm always trying to be careful with names. But in reality, we should be teaching our children that that's our reward, amen? Right? I mean, our, our whole goal is to get to accept Christ, to get closer to Christ, to become more Christ-like, and then when we give these tents up, we embrace Christ in the flesh. Well, in the spirit, but... Face to face. All right, don't get me started because then you'll wreck it for the next one. But we need to recognize that mortality. Repent of our sins and return to our loving God. This is a time to refocus on our lives so our words, our actions, and our deeds truly do reflect that image of Christ that we talked about last week. The image of God. We should focus on simple living. Personal prayer, not just for every meal. God is good. God is great. Let us thank him for this food. Amen. But in the morning, before the feet hit the floor, thanking him that we made it through another night, asking him to, to bless us and our families through the day, asking, us, or asking him to point out people that, they may need our help through the day, might need our love, might need our encouragement. And that's how the day needs to start. And then pray through the day. Something good happens at work, praise God. Right, a prayer doesn't have to be 25 minutes. It can be two words, praise God. That's a prayer, by the way. I praise you. Those little prayers throughout the day. A song, a bird, a sunrise, a sunset. We could pray like Warren. 
Father, Son, Holy Ghost. How's that go? Whoever eats the quickest eats the most. <laughs> During Lent, we're called to remember that at, at Jesus' baptism, remember the sky split open and the Spirit of God, which looked like a dove, descended and landed on Jesus. A voice from heaven said, This is my Son, my Beloved, with whom I am well pleased. Afterward, as told in Matthew 4, 1 through 11, Jesus, if you remember, this is where he goes into the wilderness. He goes in uh, by the Spirit, led by the Spirit, and he fasted. And he prayed for 40 days. We've touched on that a couple times, talking about uh, Christ's temptation. During his time there, of course, he's tempted by Satan. But he found clarity and strength to resist temptation through the use of Scripture. And of course, he had ministering spirits, just like we all do. And remember, he was fully human. Right? If, if some of you have heard my message on you know, when I, for years, I would think, well, of course he resisted temptation. He's the son of God. He's the Messiah. He could snap his fingers and everything disappears. But we have to remember here, he resisted temptation for 40 days as, just like us, human beings in the flesh. You follow me? So this wasn't an easy task. He had to put his human side forward. So after that, of course, Christ began his earthly ministry. So Ash Wednesday's a call to claim this Savior. It's a time to claim this Jesus Christ and to begin a journey of reconciliation with our Creator, which has been God's plan all along since Adam and Eve, as we talked about, were booted out of the garden. His plan was to bring us back. Creator who gives us comfort and assurance in his written word. In 2 Peter 3.9, we read, The Lord is patient with us. Patient. Not wanting any to perish. But all to come to repentance. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he who is faithful and just will forgive our sins, and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. See, God pardons those who truly repent. He pardons those who uh, helps transforms us into a better image of him, to be more Christ-like. Then, of course, he transforms those who trust in God for salvation with sincere hearts, those who come to him with sincere hearts. So at the end of these 40 days, I pray all of us would emerge with a renewed understanding. Bless you. I know it wasn't you. I pray we'd emerge with a renewed understanding of the absolute magnitude of that sacrifice Christ did for each and every one of us. And I pray, of course, that each of us, myself included, will learn to become more Christ-like. So, the ashes. 
The early Christians um, observed the days of our Lord's passion and resurrection. We know what the Lord's passion is, right? We preached on that. I never got the movie, right? No, not Mel Brooks. <laughs> that would be a comedy. But we talk about the passion of Christ. I didn't know for years that that meant the crucifixion. Remember, I preached on the passion. His passion was doing it for men. Anyway, mankind. So uh, they observed the days of our Lord's passion, his crucifixion and his resurrection with great devotion. And it became the custom. This is not in the Bible where, you know, thou shalt Lenten. That was one of the phone calls this week, and it was, a, it was a great question. Pastor, where is this biblical? Well, understand, we have customs, too, that line up with the Bible, right? Aren't specifically in it. Like, my response is always, Sunday school is not in the Bible, is it? But yet we form Sunday schools because we're taught to teach. So that's what this line is. So it was a custom of the church that before Resurrection Sunday, there'd be a 40-day season of spiritual preparation. Now, I personally think it's pretty cool. Because when else would we do this? When else would we specifically focus on that spiritual renewal, that uh, coming closer to Christ? Right? We whip through all the Christian holidays, whip into Christmas, and start all over again and come back around. This is our time this is us. This is us as individuals. This Lent. This is something personal between us and Christ. Okay? So this is a time for us to set aside 40 days. Now during this, back in the day, converts for the faith, so people that wanted to be baptized, this would be something they would go through. It would convert to the faith. They were prepared for holy baptism. This was also a time when People who had committed serious sins and had separated themselves from the church, the community of faith, were reconciled by penitence and forgiveness, forgiveness and restored to participation in the life of the church. So you don't see that much anymore. I have. But churches have actually asked people to leave because of things that they were doing, things that they refused to stop doing. It's happened in two of my churches. I saw two pastors. Um, I was involved with the second one, but then I was a leader in the church. So that's what they're talking about here. These people were living outside of what the Bible was teaching. So they were asked to remove themselves, to cleanse themselves. They weren't thrown into the fire of hell. Go. Go get right. Follow me. Go repent. Go pray. Go figure out your priority. And then we'll bring you back. So bringing them back, of course, shows the congregation that God is merciful. Right? We're, we're, as a congregation, we're, we're to mimic or imitate God. So by us showing mercy, that's God showing mercy. It's God showing forgiveness, as proclaimed in the gospel. So I invite each one of you tonight to observe this, this holy Lent, this 40-day period, by that self-examination and repentance, by praying, fasting, and self-denial, and by reading and meditating on God's holy word. Spend more time 
these 40 days in the Bible. If you spend 15 minutes, shoot for 20, shoot for 25. If you spend three hours, God bless you. <laughs> to make a right beginning of repentance, and as a mark of our mortal nature, I'd like us to begin before we do the ashes, to begin with a silent prayer. I'm going to ask you to just close your eyes for a minute and pray. You can pray for uh, the Holy Spirit to show you what you need to remove, maybe, during these 40 days, remove from your life. You can pray for forgiveness. You can pray um, in humble gratitude for what Christ has done for us. I'm not going to tell you what to pray for, but just to give you examples, please don't fall asleep. And that's why we only do it for a minute with your eyes closed. But just spend a minute here uh, with Christ. So let's, let's pray silently and then I will pray. He's already answering prayers, I heard it. May the almighty and merciful God, who desires not the death of a sinner, but that we turn from wickedness and live, accept your repentance, forgive your sins, and restore you by the Holy Spirit, the newness of life. Amen. I'm just going to do a blessing of the ashes and then a little more talk. Almighty God, you created us out of the dust of the earth. Grant that these ashes may be to us a sign of our mortality and penitence. So we may remember that only by your gracious gift are we given everlasting life. Through Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. So as I said, in, in Jewish and Christian history, ashes are a sign of mortality and repentance. Mortality because when we die, our bodies decompose and we return to dust. Repentance because Long ago, and I, and I almost wore, I still have an outfit from Pastor Lynn when he would do all the skits. He, he gave me one of his 50 that he has. And I almost wore that today to kind of give you an idea. I changed my mind and wanted to go black. But long ago, when, when people sinned or felt remorse from something they did or something they said, they would take ashes. If you read the Old Testament, right, they sprinkle ashes on their head. And then they would wear a sackcloth. Now that's more like, a, I would say, a feed bag. If I were to picture, right, that burlap, oh, itchy and yucky and, and uh, stuff. But that would remind them, think of that for a second. If you, if you walked around with a sack, of course the ashes are a vis, uh, visual thing, but if you, if you had to walk around all day in, in sackcloth in a burlap bag, right, it's rubbing you, you're maybe getting a rash, it's all uncomfortable, it's to remind you that sin is supposed to make you uncomfortable once you come to Christ. So they would wear that sackcloth. And to be fair, it was also a sign for other people to let them know that they're in some type of mourning, whether it was for themselves, some type of repentant uh, mindset. But this was their way of confessing their sins. This was their way of asking 
for forgiveness, to humble themselves before the Lord. I mean, picture pulling into your place of duty, your employment, and you walk in and there's a secretary sitting there with ashes on his or her forehead, or on her head, wearing sackcloth. You'd be like, what? But how brave would that person be? How humble would that person have to be to expose themselves in that manner? To be ridiculed, to be bullied, to be picked on. All for being humble and showing Christ just how humble they can be, asking for forgiveness. We were created from the dust of the earth and we will return there when we die. Genesis 2.7 reads, Then the Lord God formed a man from the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And the man became a living being. So as the ashes remind us of our mortality and repentance, the sign of the cross, when we put it on there, reminds us of Jesus' resurrection and his forgiveness. Here are the words of Joel 2, 12 through 13. And as you come up tonight, I would ask you to try to keep those words in your mind, to kind of meditate on these as you come forward. Yet even now, says the Lord, return to me. Return to me with all your heart, with fasting, with weeping, and with mourning. Rend your hearts, not your clothing. So on a side note, you read even in the New Testament, the leaders of the church, the Jews, you will read in there where they ripped their clothing. Anybody remember reading that? They rent their clothing. So what he's saying here is, no, you need to do that to your heart. Doesn't do any good ripping your clothing. We need to rip our hearts open, right? We need to expose them to Christ and to repent. Going on, return to the Lord your God, for he is gracious and merciful, slow to anger and abounding in steadfast love, and relents from punishing. Brothers and sisters, some of these words we just, earlier we said patience. We quoted scripture, God is a, a patient God. I just read he's gracious, he's merciful, he's slow to anger, he, he abounds in steadfast love and relents from punishing. I wish I had my uh, younger years to live over to be that type of father. Because I wasn't that guy. You see what I'm saying? We serve the creator, the very creator of the universe. And yet, there's all his qualities, all his attributes. If I knew then what I knew now, I pray that I would have been more patient. So let us come forward now. And, and this is important. This is, like Mark had said earlier, this is a reflection time, so we want to be silent. Isn't it time to visit? Uh, come up in silent reflection, in confession, silently, and then receive this sign of mortality and repentance. Sue's going to help me. Ask the Almighty and Merciful God to accept your repentance. Ask Him to forgive your sins. And ask Him to restore you by the Holy Spirit to a newness. 
in life. This is all about being new, right? Jesus said, I, behold, I make all things new. We're new creations in Christ when we come to Christ. This is just another chance for us to slow down the world for a minute and to come back in and embrace that newness, that relationship that you've already started with Christ. This is where we deepen it tonight. So if you would please uh, come up, Sue and Ryan, if you would come up and meet me over there. If you don't want it on your forehead and smudged all over, I can, we're going to do it right down there, brother. Um, I can't put it on your hand, but I'm going to put it on the palm of your hand, so when you go like this, <laughs> All right. So please come up just like, just like you did. He's going to
Let us pray. Lord God, have mercy on us. We confess our sins to you. We've fallen short of our glory, of your glory, and without your mercy and grace, we would be dust. We repent now. Lord, as we enter into this Lenten season, be near to us. Help us by your Holy Spirit to feel right conviction and repentance for our sin. Help us by your Spirit to have the strength to overcome the enemy. We thank you, Lord, that Resurrection Sunday is coming. Death has no sting, no victory because of Jesus Christ. Glory and honor and praise to his name. We thank you for rescuing us. Help us keep both the, the weight and the joy of this season in our hearts as we, move, as we move through these next several weeks. Help us to always bear the good fruit of your spirit. From dust we might have been formed, but our bodies, our spirits, and ourselves await beautiful redemption and the restoration of all things. Help us long and look forward to that day and let it come quickly, Lord Jesus. Amen. If you would please stand and help me sing hymn number 314 in the garden.
I'm going to ask you to leave quietly when you leave after the benediction. Don't go now. Leave quietly and in peace tonight. Remember that we are nothing but dust and ashes. But also remember that God has made us children of his own household by his love and grace. Let us go forth in humility to reflect Christ to a fallen and hurting world. Now, we are a loving church, and normally when we leave here, you know, we're gabbing and hugging and loving and uh, doing fellowship. That's not for tonight, brothers and sisters. Tonight it's you alone walking out, okay? You with Christ, reflecting and praying. And now may the God of endurance and encouragement grant you to live in such harmony with one another in accord with Christ Jesus, that together you may with one voice glorify the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Until we meet again, may God bless and keep each and every one of you. Please stay safe, stay in his word, and stay connected to the well. God bless you all.